Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan. As always, PD is calling in live from New York City, and we are joined today by a very special guest, former strength and conditioning coach for the Arizona Coyotes and current director of performance at Exos, JP Major. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here and making us all look bad, JP. (laughs) I know. I know there's got to be a rule like there's got to be like a handsome quotient and like oh. if anybody's if the, the bar's set pretty low for Craig and I and no one over <laughs> that bar should be allowed in the studio. I'm just saying. And we got nervous, especially when I can't be there. We restocked the we did a Costco run yesterday. Restocked the snacks and there's some Oreos and Nutter Butters and we heard you're a bit of a health yeah. nut, so we were a little worried. Questionable have, there. We got some donut in. boxes out in the <laughs> office. We got I, some cookies. So you did see the snacks, JV. I've spent enough time around PD to know what goes on in <laughs> I know. I'm liking But here's the difference, PD, though. <laughs> the difference, though, I know I don't get too comfortable there, JP. I like the, the, the little cartoon is, heads, though, too. I kind of want one of those. And... <laughs> I know. <laughs> don't get, again, do not get comfortable. No. Um, the, the difference, though, is, is Craig and I's diet is not necessarily as important as a professional athlete's diet. So I, I understand our treats may be a little different than the snacks <laughs> you provide to the players. And that's okay. I'm glad you made it, JP. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me, guys. Well, we wanted JP to join today because the NHL Scouting Combine is going on this week currently, and obviously we're looking ahead to the draft. It's an important time for the Coyotes this year, (laughs) especially, and I've always wanted, like, we see the pictures of the testing, but, uh, you know, like, why? What is going on there? Really, what's the day-to-day look like? So we thought we'd invite JP in to kind of give us an inside look as someone who's attended the Scouting Combine before. Um, so let's just, should we just kick it off? Yeah, start with that question. What, yeah, right what in. what the heck goes on at the NHL Scouting Combine? What is its purpose and what are teams looking for? Uh, it's a lot, it, you know, so it's, and it kind of depends, I think, on obviously the team, the culture, the uh, the level or the uh, number of draft picks, the where you're at in the draft. Um but everything from obviously the physical um, objective measures that you're pulling from the data that you're getting at the combine down to uh, even the way that the players interact on the bench prior to coming out for their tests. Uh, one of the really probably things that people wouldn't think about is, you know, watching how the players talk with each other. Are they you know, socially there? Are they just sitting quietly by themselves? Are they mm. constantly in a phone? Can they, um, you know, can they socialize normally? Mm. Um, outside of that, everything from, you know, the, the objective numbers that we're pulling off of force plates, the, uh, aerobic and anaerobic assessments to, uh, the, the more subjective stuff, like how does this guy utilize his angles in, in certain movement assessments? How would that look on the ice? Um, what is the quality of movement? What is their posture like? Um, certain things like that down to, you know, what, very subjective and a lot of guesswork, but what might their growth potential look like? What's the size of their wrists, their ankles, their, their Mm. bones, their current, like, um, kind of girth measurements and all that is, you know, you're taking in and just taking rampant notes as you're, uh, as you're watching these athletes walk on stage. I've always wondered what that's like for a player to basically just 
forgive me for being indelicate, like basically being a piece of meat yeah. at, at the scouting combine to have things like your wrist being measured. Is it bizarre for the players or they just just take it all in because it's, you know, it's standard ops for everybody that's there? Yeah, I, I can imagine it's probably um, a sliding spectrum of athletes being super comfortable being on, on stage and like that's kind of their, um, you know, nature, like I'm out here to perform but some of them that that's not really their game, right? The more skilled kind of skinnier guys that they're maybe a little bit more shy to show what they've got from a physical standpoint. Yeah. Um, and that's why I really like the body language and kind of how a guy handles himself in those moments. Is, is it more of a growth mindset? Is he looking to, you know, show off even, you know, if this isn't his top quality, what he's got, um, you know, versus a guy that's very kind of introverted and hunched over and quiet and, you know, no confidence. Like, what are you working with there? So. Does does it get as far as are, are there times where like guys are basically wearing shorts and nothing else? I mean, is it it's got to be a little weird for these guys just to be ogling? You mentioned the guys who are haven't developed yet. We've heard stories about guys sure. who could even do a single pull up. Yeah, it's got yeah, to be. I'm just curious what that whole thing looks like, and if it's very structured or if it's more just chaotic. Well, it's it's changed uh, over yeah. the years. It was um, just shorts, and then they would remove their t shirts as they come on stage. It's it's different than the NFL combine where they, you know, get down to a pair of slider shorts and literally stand up in front of everybody <laughs> and do a 360. Like it's, it's <laughs> like, unreal. which is, you know, fairly uncomfortable for a lot of guys, even if you're right. You know, enjoy the spotlight. Um, now they're wearing tighter compression shirts. Typically guys have the option of wearing the cutoff tighter compression shirt or a t-shirt and then they just wear, you know, a normal set of uh, like trainer shorts. And so it, it's changed, um, I think, probably for the better. We still have the ability of the coaches and the, the scouts still have the ability to see, you know, is this athlete more physically developed? Are they a little bit skinnier? But, you know, we don't really necessarily need them to have their shirts off and in the sliders <laughs> and whatnot. Is JP? Yo. I know. I'm just trying to get my touches here. So, JP, you have you seen the evolution of players from when you first started going to the combine until later in the later years that kids are like this, like Craig mentioned it, this is just part of the normal and guys are ready and they're preparing for these tests. And even on top of that, they're more physically prepared, like more physically fit than when you first started. Um, I mean, there's trends that have stayed the same. Uh, typically your, your guys that have played in college, you know, are, or with the development programs, they come in more physically developed. They have more experience in a weight room. Uh, I don't think that has changed. Um, the guys that come in from playing junior are typically a little bit smaller, but the emphasis on the actual assessments, it looks like they've, you know, somebody showed them how to jump. Somebody's worked with them on a pull-up. Somebody's So there is uh, more of a focus of prior to the combine, I need to know how to do these certain things. I need to get at least a little bit of training, whereas – early on assessing these guys, you're like, man, this, nobody's taught this kid how to jump. Mm. Nobody's taught this mm. kid how to, I mean, you know, set up for a pull-up. So literally no experience in, in a gym. Um, so yeah, it's, there are things that have changed, um, certainly, but there are some things that have held true. So what does an average day look like at the combine? Cause it's, you know, it's going on this week. It's uh, mm. the May 30th to June 4th. So that's, you know, quite a few days. What's just an average day like? Well, so they, they split up the testing into two days um, and then the interviews, obviously, on the, the following day uh, and the, the main performance day. They're doing interviews that day as well. So are you talking uh, as the strength and conditioning yes. coach? Yeah, okay. I guess from your point of view. Uh, so oftentimes it depends on the club, again, where they fall in the draft, um, how many picks they have, because I might have... 40 guys that they're looking to evaluate versus somebody else's team that might look at five. Mm. So uh, if that's the case, I get an order of uh, testing that the athletes are going to come in. If I've got 40, I'm looking at them. Okay. These guys at VO two at this time, FMS at this time. And I'm trying to, you know, place myself strategically up front so I can see these guys. It might be seven in the morning. I'm going to start with VO two with, um, you know, this handful of guys. I'll watch that. I'll take some notes, obviously mark down their scores. Um, and then I have a grading sheet that I would put together that encompassed all of the objective information paired with some subjective notes that also had feedback for the, the scouting questions that we would get ahead of time. Um, so we'd sit and watch VO2s 
for hours. Mm. Try and grab a snack or lunch when you can, but it's literally like six or seven hours of watching guys ride a bike. Wow. Which isn't the most fun thing in the yeah. world, but Seriously. Uh, the following wow. day, yeah, 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 not super exciting. Uh, the following day is a lot more exciting. That's where they're doing the the broad jump, the vertical jump, the wing gate test, the five ten five, um, all the, you know, I guess more specific uh, assessments, and you can really pull a lot more information there. And the other piece that I really liked, um, that I think was probably unique to. Uh, the coyotes and maybe a few other clubs, but was being able to be a part of those interviews and having a place to ask, um, the athlete, like kind of what their nutrition habits are. What have they done? Like a lot of these guys come in, they say, well, you know, my game's there. I'm really strong here. And you know, I'm a 200 foot player. All I need to do is get a little bit bigger and stronger. And so I'd follow that up with, you know, like, well, what are you doing to do that? You know, what are you doing to get better there? They'd be like, well, you know, I go to the gym, you know, twice a week and, you know, I work out, I do yoga with, you know, a friend or something like that. I'm like, so you've got a shooting coach, a skating coach, skills coach, and all these, you know, different aspects that you've well-rounded yourself, but you're just doing yoga with your brother on the side. <laughs> and you're saying the only thing keeping you out of the NHL is your physical development. And then you have the guys that are like, I'm on a structured program. I'm working with a trainer. I've, you know, so it really gives you some insight as mm -hmm. to like... Mm -hmm. You know, are they matching their, um, you know, their planning with the goals that they say that they're trying to achieve? I want to go a little granular on this. And you and I talked about a study that's out there. Uh, mm. The Journal of Sports Physiology and Performance found that peak leg power and uh, aerobic capacity are the best predictors of early career sex success and entry into the league. First of all, do you agree with that? Are there specific tests that you'd say, if the guy's good at this, he's probably got a better shot at the NHL? Or is that mm -hmm. overreading things? No, I think there's, you could put some stock in that. I mean, having a, obviously it's a strength power game. You need to have the ability to recover quickly from um, repeated sprint intervals, which is, you know, your aerobic capacity that we're measuring on the VO2. We're getting an idea of their, you know, their max output and, and lower body power and strength in the uh, force plate jumps, the broad jumps and the wing gate assessment. And those, you know, if we have to develop those things over the next three or four years in a game where like, you're relying upon those things, mm -hmm. obviously they're not going to have immediate success or they're less likely to have immediate success. Whereas these guys that have that part of their game harnessed or their, uh, that physiological skill set, and it might just be, you know, working with a skating coach to, to harness those things, a lot easier to, to jump right in. JP, there's, these are athletes and they're used to performing under pressure, but this is a different kind of event. This is basically their future in many ways. At least mm -hmm. they probably think it's their future riding on the line of their performance at the combine. How do you relax these guys? Uh, you know, just get them to understand, okay, it's it's just the combine. It's it's not the end of the world if you don't perform here. How do you get them to relax and maybe get into a mindset where they can perform to their best? Well, I don't. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't have any contact with the athletes yeah. prior to their uh, performance and their assessments. And that's kind of a good thing. Like, I want to see how they respond to it naturally, like without somebody calming them down and whatnot. How do they handle it themselves? Um, so like, like I was saying, all of the subjective things that I'm trying to read from these athletes, I'm taking notes on and, you know, trying to make sense of, you know, how they would handle, you know, a different spotlight. Yeah. So, but the guys that are good at it, I think just have fun with it and really compete like it's no different than they're on the ice. Okay. JP, one of the things we talked about is, you know, you, you mentioned it. These are 17 year old kids turning 18. You talk about the NFL combine and those athletes are college, older, more physically mature in your role. Do you have to look through it a little bit and go, gosh, this kid could be this, or he's a good hockey player. He's okay conditioning wise, but I know if I get him on the right program, I can propel him to here. Do you have to kind of be able to predict the future a little bit in the NHL? Yeah. Yeah. It's a very difficult thing to do. And that's, it's a great question. That's often the biggest thing that a scout will ask is this guy's game is there. He's very cerebral. He can read the play as well. And, um, you know, plays in a system, all the, these things, but he's just not big enough. Is he going to grow? And that's where it's, uh, you know, it's obviously difficult and you try to look even into, you know, brothers, sisters, parents, okay. everything that you can to get uh, any sort of indicator as to like what type of growth potential. And that's where we might look at uh, like wrist size or ankle size, um, you know, 
even just like shoulder width? Um, what type of frame do they have? Are they more of a, an ectomorph is kind of like a skinny, much leaner um, athlete versus a, an endomorph that's a little bit more body fat? Those types of things tell us. Tell Craig, us like, Craig and me. Not necessarily. Some of these younger, I mean, obviously, like you said, 17, 18 years old, they still have some, some baby fat. And if they have a, a decent frame, you're like, well, this kid looks like, you know, he just has no muscle that'll develop over the next, you typically don't reach, you know, peak testosterone or peak physical potential until you're, you know, mid to late twenties. So these guys are a ways from that. And so really trying to read what type of body they have, and what type of frame size they have. You know, it's not a perfect science, but you can you can get a decent idea. So we've seen in the past, you know, players not be able to perform the exercises, you know, the famous <laughs> story of like Sam Bennett, I think it was not being able to do a pull up. Does that carry weight or is it more about their potential and maybe more of like the interviews and off ice stuff? Uh, well, again, not off ice, but you yeah, know what I mean. uh, it's just a piece of the puzzle, right? If the guy puts the puck in the back of the net, that's, that's really what matters at the end yeah. of the day. Um, but the other things that you're trying to factor in are, um, one, you're trying to eliminate any red flags. If this guy flat out can't do an assessment, it's one red flag. Yeah. Now, if you're chalking up three, four, the guy's got a bad attitude in the interview. He doesn't give a crap about any of this stuff. Pardon my language. Um, then it's, you know, it's probably an issue there. However, you know, if they're going to do one and they're a strong player, the strength actually translates onto the ice, but they're just not weight room strong. That's another thing to think about. You know, what type of game does he play? Is he going to have to adapt to something? Um, again, it's, you know, like looking at maybe multiple strikes or the other way. Like this guy checks all the boxes, but this one, I'm not as worried about it. Yeah. Especially with like one of the things you talked about the test and we talked about riding the bike. And by the way, if you're missing that, Craig did get a Peloton for Christmas. So if you want to watch someone do their VO2 test, we can all go to Craig's house to do that. We're away from me doing that. <laughs> we talked about this this on the show before. Hockey's played on ice. The NFL Combine, they're played on a field and they run and they do all their exercises on the field. The NHL Combine, they just play in the gym. Would you like to see players do on-ice testing? What are your thoughts on on-ice testing? I know you did that a lot when you were with the Coyotes. It was an important piece of the training and getting guys back through rehab models was being on the ice and you were heavily involved in that. Would you like to see skating be a portion of what they do currently at the combine? That's a great question. And I'm sure you'd get a lot of answers if you asked uh, a number of different strength conditioning coaches or scouts or, or coaches or anybody in the organization. But to me, you're trying to measure the physiology and there's so many variables that come into play when you're on the ice so the mm -hmm. skating ability you're not measuring the true, you know, physiology there, especially if you're implementing things like turns and stops and starts. I just want to see what type of energy systems this, this athlete is or how well they're developed their energy systems are and how well they recover. That's difficult to do on the ice. Now, in a team setting, it's important to do those things because like you said, if I have an athlete that, that gets injured or gets a, or a, a concussion and I know what type of... Uh, score they're getting from an external load standpoint on a, on a skating drill. And I know how they perceive it as well from an internal load, like a heart rate. Um, I can work, uh, to approach those values to, um, you know, get them back to baseline and get them back out and playing again. Whereas, you know, in a combine, I want to look at their, you know, their game film. I think to me, that's their, uh, their on ice assessment is going and watching them play, watching their film, you know, you can watch how a guy back checks. You can watch how a guy battles in the corners. You know, that gives you an idea of strength, how they use their angles. And that's what you really want to know from on the ice. So is there, has there been any push for that? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there was a little discussion, you know, at like our meetings and whatnot, but it didn't gain a ton of traction. Uh, I think for that reason alone, um, you ha you also have to factor in that some of these guys are coming straight out of mem cup and some of these guys have been off for, for weeks. So um, the different time period that they're coming in and maybe coming off of injury or anything like that, that's going to play a factor in those assessments. Before we continue on with questions, I just want to remind everyone to check out the Dracking Sportsbook app. I certainly did last night during the oh, crazy game one. 
I literally live bet the over at 13 and a half in the second period, and it hit in the last 23 seconds. Thank you, Gabriel Landeskog, for that one. The lines were changing literally by the second. So the DraftKings Sportsbook app has you covered. Um, the NBA playoffs are also going on right now, and DraftKings is an official sports par- betting partner of the NBA. And right now, new customers can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly and this nba season a customer placed a five dollar same game parlay and won over five thousand dollars so you know if you get those free bets just sprinkle them on some same game parlays and make yourself some money so be sure to download the DraftKings sportsbook app now use the promo code phnx make any five dollar bet during the nba finals and get a 150 dollars in free bets instantly that's promo code phnx only at the DraftKings sportsbook app an official sports betting partner of the nba that's 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. I wanted to ask, do you have any like crazy stories from the combine? <laughs> have you seen kids throw up? Like any, you oh. know, anything that stands out, though, besides just that is, you know, a, a notable moment from your time at the combine? Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot, a lot of guys throw up in certain assessments and uh specifically the wing gate it's that's always what, what, what the is that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah so the wing gate is just a max effort it started as a true wing gate is 30 seconds all out you know as as hard as you can push against a specific resistance okay um, on the bike on the bike yep however I, I believe it was probably four years ago four or five years ago the nhl combine pivoted to a 45 second wing gate that's actually broken up into chunks where they would go five seconds on, 10 seconds off, 10 seconds on, five seconds off, five seconds on, five seconds off, five seconds on, done. So the ability to repeat sprint uh, efforts and recover from them and maintain a certain output. Mm, yeah. uh, but it is, it's crushing. Like it is very, Sounds very horrible. hard. Um, it is it's, it's like yeah 30 oh. seconds that's easy but no it is literally it feels like an eternity when you're on it yeah um and what, it is everything you have what sort of resistance are we talking like uh it's moderate it's not like you're in the sand like it's <laughs> you know like you're still able to push some serious water uh, some serious rpms but you're looking at wattage and absolute wattage so how much power can an athlete put out absolute versus uh relative as well so if i have a littler guy of course they're not going to put out you know thousands and thousands of watts but i might look at watts per kg body weight and it says relative to this athlete's body weight he's actually putting out a ton of power Mm, okay Um, so you want to you want to talk about people throwing up you can just join some of our phnx staff on the weekends at old town because it seems (laughs) to be a a reoccurring a reoccurring theme for several of our stuff hey that's not true we can hold our alcohol (laughs) so speaking speaking of vomit oh god What do they do it? Do they, do they bring buckets uh, out for these guys like yeah. wrestling or there is uh there's trash cans like that are specific for that. Wow. So center, centered around Bombing trash can. Uh, they're just there and they have somebody like there to catch them. And it's wow. uh, like the VO2. I mean, if a guy pushes for a long, long VO2, typically uh, you're going to see, you know, either them just like laying on the ground for a significant amount of time afterwards, or they're going to go over to the bucket and lose it. Uh, the wing gate, you know, is the other station where you see it. It's, that's really it. So they have to replenish after that, don't they? I mean, they, you're yeah. losing. But again, it kind of comes down to sometimes it's like nerves. Sometimes yeah, okay. they've been, yeah. they, they ate something right before they did the test. Um, something that isn't JP major approved. No, no, so. it could be anything, but even like a lot of water. Yeah, right. Okay. But yeah, uh, your, liquid in your stomach. you know, like your stomach just is like, okay, I need to prioritize blood flow to all of my working muscles and recovery. And I can't focus on digestion, so I'm going to lose this, and, and the body's going to prioritize, you know, uh, what it needs to do in the moment, and it's not I, going to be digesting that food, so it's going to, it's going to get rid of it. Yikes! I think one of the things that's interesting too, and people probably may think they know, but they don't know, is how involved people like JP are, not just at the combine, but in the day-to-day workings of an NHL athlete, and how much strength and nutrition is beyond just what they're eating like it's uh, jp the amount of work and knowledge he has to put into understanding what every athlete needs differently 
because you can feel Kessel needs something different than Clayton Keller in, in the calories and what kind of calories and how they're eating and while they're working out. So you have to have all of these custom programs and the technology that he has available to him now, heart rate monitors and the ability to monitor things in the weight room. JP literally touches every aspect of these athletes' lives including their sleep. And it, it's just amazing to see how far the technology has gone. And I just want people listening that this is a part of what happens on the ice is, is, is what their heart rates are. And there's reports that go to the coaches, but what JP said was important. It's just a part. It's a piece of everything. Everything has its compartmentalized piece. And this is a really important one. JP, can you kind of just tell us, we talked about the combine, but can you tell us some of the things you do specifically specifically in that role for an NHL athlete from their diet through their workout programs, like how you handle sure. an, you know, an, an athlete. Sure. Uh, I mean, you kind of hit it on the head there is, you know, we we're around them so much. I mean, in, in season and off season, um, getting to go visit guys and talk to them consistently through the off season, but in season, typically we're responsible for at least two of their, of their meals. And then again, any sort of post, uh, practice, post-training, post-game nutrition as well. So if we're, you know, able to deliver that, you know, it's got to be a customized piece. So an athlete that might be on a weight gain or weight maintain or weight loss program, the calories have to be adjusted. You also have to think about the amount of um, energy expended or time on ice, or uh, if they had, you know, multiple sessions that day, be it a workout, a, you know, a, um, practice session followed by like a skill session, they're going to need obviously more calories to replenish uh, as well. So a lot of them are done ahead of time as a planning process um, through assessment, body composition, athlete, coach goals, all these types of things. Uh, but a lot of them need to be done on the fly as well. Like I said, if a, if a you know player maybe gets uh, held out after practice to do some extra conditioning, well, I need to be able to throw some more calories in his shake and, um, you know, make sure he replenishes those, uh, those calories in the, those fluids. So he's, he's not dropping weight through the season. He's not lo losing lean mass. Um, and then understanding how an athlete moves, um, what their, you know, strengths are and weaknesses in, there's a concept I use and a lot of strength coaches use, but training in versus training out. So in season, a lot of times it's more training in training an athlete to his strengths um, and prioritizing those things. If an athlete's really great at squatting or, or lower push, uh, emphasized movements, I'm probably going to have him do those things more in season. And that complements his game. If an athlete is really poor at those things, I'm probably not going to hit him with them as much in season. Um, one, it could make them extra sore Two, Uh, it's just not the time or the place. I'm going to try and attack the things he's a little bit, but early off season, that's where I'm going to try and strategically tackle those things. So, yeah. I wanted to ask you one more thing about the combine before we move on to the bad diet portion of this show. <laughs> um, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, you know a lot about this. Yeah, me. Um, with, the, with those interviews, you mentioned you got to mm -hmm. participate in those. And I know a lot of today's athletes are, when, when it comes to media or even talking to people, they're kind of programmed mm -hmm. to say the same things all the time. You ever get a loose cannon or somebody who surprised you with what they said or went a little off off script and, and maybe it was enjoyable or maybe it was like, wow. Yeah, you're right. Like yeah. they are so coached and it was so funny because, you know, when we'd ask the players to describe themselves as a player, especially it's like it's a centerman or it's like, oh, I'm a two way forward. You know, I play, this is my defensive game. This is my offensive game. This is my, they've been coached so well at that. It's almost like they carbon copy the answers and you yeah. totally tell the guys that are a lot more authentic and, but where we would really see kind of true colors come out and guys go off the cuff a bit is, well, you say, okay, your defensive game is strong. You might show a couple clips where it's like, oh man, like that does not show a strong defensive <laughs> skater. Right. And the guy How do would, you explain they would this? either like, I loved it because you'd have some guys that are like, oh, well, out of the frame, you can't see the guy, but you know, what I was looking to do was send it up, whatever here, or I was trying to cut back here. Um, I actually spoke with my coach they remember it. Like they tie a memory to that wow, specific okay. play. And I'm like, man, that guy is dialed. That guy's going to get better. He's going to always, you know, you know, level up. Uh, whereas the guy that was like, well, we were up 10, nothing. Like, well, obviously I'm trying mm. to, I'm like, Oh gosh. Or guys <laughs> would almost get like, this was 
the part that was a bit tough. Guys could get a little bit emotional and start to like, you know, back down and break down. They're just a little bit like, wow. um, they didn't know how to handle those moments because yeah. it's a real opportunity for an athlete to be like, wow, like you're right. Um, that's an opportunity for me to get better mm. or, you know, the opposite. Or, or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so those are the times. Yeah. Certainly yeah. where, or, you know, I'd push on them a little bit if they, you know, gave me that same line of, you know, I feel like I'm there, but uh, I just need to get a little bigger and stronger. I'm like, so you're telling me like, that's the only spot you need to get better and you're not really doing anything about it. What's, you know, mm. tell me about that. Yeah. And guys would sometimes get defensive there or like I had one kid that was like, you must be the strength guy. And I'm, like, <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. So I'm the strength and conditioning coach here. Obviously, nice to meet you. Know you met, but, uh, you know, by the way, what did, like, you, what did you mean by that? Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and then he'd be like, well, what do you think I should do? So I was like, oh, no, oh. I, you know, I gave him actually my advice. I was like, hey. You know, like, obviously you got a strong game here. And if you really think this is the only thing you need to do, here's what you need to seek. You need to find a professional that's, you know, going to help you get the, you know, check these benchmark goals and mm. set some goals with them and, you know, work towards them, develop a plan. Like it can't just be show up at the gym and do what I want that day or do what feels good. That's, you know, that's working out. It's not training. So. All right. Should we go unhealthy now? Well, it's so funny that we're transitioning because we just got a Slack message from our boss like that we're having a pizza party today at 1245. <laughs> so I hope hey. you can stick around, JP. Wait, wait, are we going yeah. to rank the pizza on? Yeah. Yeah. See, I need, I need you is... guys to just take over now and, and help <laughs> no. me understand the genesis of this pizza conflict. The, see, <laughs> and, and here's the reality. First of all, I will say this. JP is, and, and you've heard him today, he's very intelligent, he's articulate, he understands his business very well. As we have aforementioned, I am not a professional athlete. So my diet is as such. I do not eat the way I probably should be if I were a professional athlete. The, the diet of a professional athlete in the game of hockey has changed over the last 25 years. It just has because people are more educated, more knowledgeable on what makes your body better and make your body work. That's just a fact. When I first started working in the National Hockey League, pizza was prevalent. Um, Shane Doan would have ice cream at a team meal. Those things are real. It's true. There was Coca-Cola. It was there. That is no longer the case. Things evolved and they got better for your health because people understood the body better. JP and I would have differing opinions <laughs> on what should be served post-game. Only because of me. Like I'm selfish. I was about I didn't care about the athlete. I just wanted to eat pizza after a game. I did not want I didn't want a chicken Caesar wrap. That's all. And so Again, I didn't care what the athletes did or it wasn't about the professional athlete. It was literally about me and I wanted to have pizza. So JP and I had a few discussions about pizza after games. <laughs> yeah. And that's I JP was right. I was wrong. And I will admit that now. I'm going to give JP a moment here, PD, to, there to were, retort here. I was wrong. <laughs> there were times where I specifically ordered pizza just for you. I know you did. That's or true. where that's you would just absolutely. order pizza. <laughs> I, I would, but JP just said, I was a dick. Like there was, absolutely, I was but I was, you're talking about 10 days on the road. I'm tired. I'm oh, hungry. Yeah. So I get it. So at no. the end of the so day, I, I apologize. Trouble. Yeah. No, no. I, I enjoyed every you're minute right. with you. Don't, don't ever apologize. You're being true to your I miss authentic it, self. I do. I, hey. I miss it. Same. It was fun. So post game, like yeah. you've been, obviously you've been to the Centre Belle and they serve the hot dogs and they, yeah, they yeah, bring yeah. those down for the players after. Like, what are you thinking as a strength conditioning uh, so, coach when you see a guy wolfing down hot dogs after a game? It's an 82 game season. There, there's a middle ground for everything. You have to make compromises. We talked about this a little bit before going on the show. It's like you might be having, or you might have a 38 year old veteran and a 19 year old rookie that you've got to, you know, play the field to all these athletes. So you've got to be educating and, um, you know, developing good habits with the the young athlete, but also like show them the history of the game. The, there's so much to to that of understanding the culture, the the Chen Show is Chen yep, Show, yep, yeah, you got it. and the uh, obviously I've had a lot of them um, in Montreal, but <laughs> like Phillies and Philly, Phillies and Buffalo, yeah. like yeah. there's tradition things yeah. that like, but you find the right opportunities. We call them our twenty percent days, where 
80, 80% of the time we're eating for nutrition, for refueling, for the right things. 20% of the time we need to allow ourselves to, you know, indulge in some of these traditions, some of the things just eat to make us happy. And, uh, there are optimal times, right? Typically post game when it is a, it's a crucial window to get the right calories in and the right, um, nutrients in your mm -hmm. system pizza being more of a greasy like at one point it was it was uh you know it's we're getting calories we're getting carbohydrates in um you know there was nothing better it was just a quick you know it was, it was affordable it was one you have to get through security right you have to get food in through security there wasn't always good food in the buildings and the pizza guy for some reason could always make an order <laughs> <laughs> right? it, that, that always made it easy. Um, yeah, yeah. But as there have become like more available options uh, in these cities that are delivering that are and work with teams, uh, it made it easier and easier. The what we really landed on that I think we were really successful with, especially on the road, was doing like big, hearty shakes that were a little bit more individualized to the athlete. Again, you know, higher calories for the athletes that are. Uh, more on a weight gain or weight maintain program. It might be just just what you needed for the the guys that were just trying to maintain weight. Um, but that gives them an opportunity to still drink something cold after the game, which is a lot of times what they want. Um, they're also getting rehydrated. They're getting the carbohydrates and the protein uh, quantities that they need. And we could individualize flavors and get like guys like Shane Doan. It was, he was one of the guys that was on, like he loves chocolate ice cream. <laughs> and so we made, you know, we make a chocolate smoothie that kind of seemed a little bit like ice cream. And he loved that. Mm. And that that's enough to sustain them until we either get to the hotel for a quality post-game meal or to the, to the plane where we would have something ordered. That's actually a pretty quality uh, airplane meal. So that was, that was the best compromise. And then, but you got to remember too, Craig, that these guys hadn't eaten. Like their pregame meal yeah. is at one one thirty in the afternoon. They might have a light snack at late afternoon, but that light snack is some fruit, um, a bagel, something very, very light, some oatmeal or a soup, something like they haven't eaten since one thirty, and now they've exerted all of this effort. They need to eat. So, to JP's point, the the, the food on the plane was always unbelievable like i will say as much as i joked about the pizza there was always good quality healthy food available and just funny watching how the snacks and the stuff that was available around the rink mm -hmm. started to change over the last 15 <laughs> 20 years how it got from we had we used to have pop in the fridge at inside the locker room that was a thing you could grab a coke there isn't coke in the locker room at the coyotes right now at least i don't think so connor garland I, calls I, it I poison <laughs> I don't work there anymore. Yeah, so, so it is just funny the evolution. And what the most important thing that people need to take away from this is what JP brought about is that education. Like, cause you can't be with the player 24 yeah. seven. So his job was to educate him. Here are the good choices. Here's the good way to prepare both on and off the ice. Here's the best way to sleep. I'll give you the facts. I'll give you the studies. I'll give you the reasons why. And then you're an adult. So you figure mm -hmm. it out. We're just not going to provide it for you here at the rink. And once I heard that as a lesson, JP's not telling me, hey, if you can't go have a hamburger, he's just saying the team's not going to provide it for you. And so I think I think that's an important distinction, too. All he can do is teach you, educate you and provide you with those options. And then it's up to the athlete to become a professional athlete. And there's some that can't do it. There's some that don't dedicate themselves to it and they're not playing anymore. So if you want to decide this is my job, I need to be really good at it. I take that information and I'm going to do it to my fullest. Those are the guys that stick around in the league for a long time. So I think that's an important thing to take away from this. Do you know when guys come back from the summer, which guys, is it obvious? Okay. You didn't stick with your program. I, yeah. I mean, that's what fitness testing is for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to, it's a benchmark at a certain time of year, every year to see, you know, where, where a guy stands with you. And that's why we keep them consistent. We do things the same way to, you know, to measure that progress over time. Are most so, guys pretty consistent with it? Are yeah, they devoted nowadays, to it? Nowadays, yeah. like, yeah. there's, it used to be that guys showed up at training camp to get into shape. Right. Now guys are hardly taking time off, which, you know, the pendulum swings too far to each direction. And so, you know, as I'm a massive proponent of obviously staying active, staying in shape, not letting yourself go, but you need to get away from the gym and away from the structure for a bit after the season. And there are some guys that even have a hard time doing that now. They're so structure oriented that they need that, you know, consistent. And that's, that's not healthy either. 
So I'll tell guys like you, you go, you know, play tennis, play golf, whatever, do, you know, little yoga, Pilates, you know, different things that are going to help maintain your lean muscle mass are going to help you maintain your flexibility, you know, maintain a decently healthy diet, especially then, um, and then start training again, give yourself some time to, to relax, regenerate, refocus, um, and then dial it in. And those, and those guys that follow that program typically show up to camp the most refreshed, the most prepared, um, and just the most dialed in. There are very few that still wait till the end to be like, Oh, I really got to hit the panic button and, and go, 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 go. Uh, most of them show up at camp pretty dang good shape. So we you can't outwork a bad diet, Leah. I have to ask something that came, that's come up multiple times before we started recording it earlier this week. Guitars, you and your guitar, yeah, PD and his guitar. We need to know. Yeah, JP, you didn't bring your wait. guitar in. I thought you were going to play. Oh, wait. Yeah. Can, <laughs> the, 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 JP, do, can I say what JP stands for? Is that a thing or is that private? Sure. It's John Paul, which is half of the members of the Beatles. And <laughs> If they needed to add a member, JP could probably do it. I dabble. I can play chords and I can have fun at a campfire with a couple of beers. JP <laughs> is actually really freaking good at this. And to, again, add on to the annoying things about JP, this handsome, good looking, uh, fit, tattoos, <laughs> all of those things. And he plays guitar really, really well. So he would travel. He would travel with a guitar. And like you gotta imagine we're traveling 10 days it's you're carrying suitcases and briefcases and here's jp with a goddamn guitar you're like really like really you're bringing this through I packed throwing light this on the bus of the guitar right and it's a, it's a smaller like travel guitar, <laughs> travel guitar. but but he did he had a travel guitar no no kidding and he would he he would go on the road to guitar places to play guitar on free time and I like guitar. I have a good guitar, not a great guitar, a good guitar for my level of playing. JP collects them and he knows a lot. I ask him what kind of strings I should get. Like he knows that kind of stuff. <laughs> He's really, really good. And he would sit there and go, oh yeah, I went to the guitar center here today. And I'm like, well, I took a nap and watched Netflix. So <laughs> good, good, good on you, JP. No, but He's an outstanding guitar player and I'm so jealous. Not great. First, first of all, I'm also just a campfire guitar player, <laughs> and and for my kids, I'll play anything for my kids. But yeah, it was just a great, you know, like like you said, if we're on the road for ten, eleven days, and we may have two days off, and like I lose my mindset, so I'll either read or I'll play guitar quietly in my room, and it's just a good, you know, a little pastime. And I had a number of players that, um, especially like long term rehab cases, that guys are like, oh man, like. I really want to learn how to play guitar. I'll show them a couple things like here and there. So that was always really fun too. This guys got really uh, into it and interested, but yeah, straight conditioning like, and musical coach. It's a yeah. nice like mental kind of checkout, especially yeah. those long-term yeah. rehab cases where it's just monotonous and they, they need to check out for moments. I'm like, this is a great relaxation tool. It's frustrating as heck sometimes. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's you ever play publicly. No, no, no gigs no. or anything. Because, no. you know, Petey was saying you played on street corners and the proceeds went to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're trying to raise money for the Tempe arena right now. <laughs> yeah, we could put on a show yeah, together. Oh, like, I think... There's plenty of guys playing out on the street here. So maybe I can join them. <laughs> uh, oh, man. No, no. I, I did like when I was younger, not like a ton of show. I did one like bar show and then I did uh, some small little garage deals when I was, when I was like in high school and stuff. What do you play? Uh, like what style? Like style, I play a lot of folk bands. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Any favorite artists or? Um. Yeah, I mean, I like. He's off the wall a little bit. Like yeah, he's got I'm some not, obscure I don't know guys. There'd be a lot do. that people would know. Um, no. Yeah. Like, give him a new artist. Give somebody oh, somebody else. Uh, we like we like um or I like Shaky Graves is a. Um, is a good a really good, good acoustical guitar yeah. playing guitar. Player. I really like his style. Um. So that's that's one. Mm. There you go. See, Craig, you learned something new today. Do, do, do you do anything, Craig? Do you do drums? What do you got? Anything? I got nothing, buddy. No? Crickets? Right. Tambourine? No. Harmonica. Wait, I did the yeah. recorder in the fourth grade. Bending a note is really hard on a harmonica. Yeah, it is. Just, 
Yeah, and that's kind of the basic thing you need before you can do anything else. And, <laughs> oh my yep. gosh. Full stop. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yep. Well, wrapping up, you know, we talked about the fact that you're now at EXO. So can you explain a little bit about what you're doing there? Sure. Um, yeah, just uh, different, but really, really exciting stuff. Uh, so I'm working as a director of performance with uh, a company called EXOS, which is, uh, I mean, we have kind of our hands in a, in a lot of different places um, from corporate wellness to, you know, elite um nfl combine prep and off-season training for nfl vets nhl vets uh, all these different things but i specialize in the pro elite space um working to essentially design uh the programs we deliver um in facility um so things like our nfl off-season program how we utilize technology to program against and work with the athletes uh to, to train against those types of things um yeah, it's very exciting. Leah, you should see this facility, Leah. Like it's, oh, it's, it's, it's he's not describing it. It, it is yeah. phenomenal. It's like a little college campus for superheroes. Like it's really <laughs> cool. Like they have literally everything to help an athlete and any kind of athlete. I from softball, volleyball to to football and basketball and literally everything in between. This facility is amazing. They've got a full kitchen there where they cook meals. They've got a supplement area where you get your shakes and supplements. They've got gyms, they got outdoor tracks. They got classrooms where you can learn. It's phenomenal. It's a really really cool place and it's got to be a fun place to go to work every day because it, it is really really cool and you're sitting in the little cafeteria area with professional athletes from across the board in all kinds of different sports. So it's a really, really, he, he's underselling it. This is an overwhelmingly cool professional training facility. It's not like going to the local gym. Yeah, he's right. It's, it's a, like the idea is a, it's a holistic model to surround the athlete with everything that they would need. Yeah, And it, it is a full assessment battery coming in to learn everything that we need to know about the athlete to deliver the most custom uh, well-developed program for the athlete to help them achieve their goals. JP, how do you reflect on your time in the NHL and, and is your life a lot freer from stress <laughs> now that you're not in the NHL? Oh, you know, yeah. Is. yeah, yeah. I certainly miss, yeah. I miss the guys a lot. I miss, um, I love uh, like problem solving at a high pace and that's that's what it is really. It's you know, an 82 game season where you got audible a lot, you got, you know, guys that'll block a shot that, you know, can't do what you needed them to do uh, after the game to recover, whatever. Uh, you just have to make adjustments all the time. You always have to be thinking. And I really like that environment. Uh, but you can't beat the stability and the, you know, the, I'm actually on paternity leave right now as we just had a, another kid, but, um, that's three something now, right? I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, three, three wow. beautiful, beautiful. Which is why JP ideas. wanted to come into studio today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> chaos it's for a, little, it's bit. a little bit chaotic at our house, but <laughs> honestly, like just the ability to spend the time with my family is, mm. you know, you can't put a price on that. So I, I will say this, Craig, and I've talked about this before. It, it is truly being on a hamster wheel, mm. and you're just you don't realize how fast you're going and how hard you're working, how stressed you are, and how tired you are because you just keep going. And you just keep going. And both JP and I got the opportunity to step off of that wheel. And I'm sure if things worked out differently, we'd probably both still be there. But we're not. And now you get to take a deep breath and go, oh, shit, there are things called Fridays and Saturdays. <laughs> and, oh, here's my here's my family. And oh. so there is there is a different way to live. And I, I'm just blessed the PHNX things came up and it's been fantastic mm -hmm. i miss it too i miss the people i miss you know jp and i arguing about pizza at two <laughs> o'clock in the morning in edmonton that's fun to me like that was yeah. those are good moments that i miss i miss the people i don't necessarily miss the grind of it um mm -hmm. because there is a life out there and, I, and i'm glad jp you look great and i'm glad you got a chance to, to stop in and catch up no i appreciate you guys having me it's been a lot of fun yeah we appreciate it a lot of great insight and Lots of great insights always coming to you from Craig at gophnx.com. So be sure to become a member today. Sign up for an annual membership. Get a shirt when you sign up. You can join our members-only Discord as well. Um, lots of great perks to becoming a member. Craig's latest scouting series installment came out today mm -hmm. um, and tomorrow. Craig, can you explain what's coming out tomorrow? And, I think and everybody knows. What, can, what Coyotes knows. fans can get ready for? Because tomorrow's a big, big, big Tempe day. Tempe City Council is going to discuss the Coyotes Arena <sighs> and Entertainment District proposal. We'll see where it goes. As always, this story has been fluid, but 
Tomorrow, I'll just kind of have a primer for you first thing in the morning. Basically, everything you need to know as the city council prepares to discuss this. And obviously, this is huge for the Coyotes' future. Mm. I think everybody you know that's a fan of this team wants to see this go, go through. It's the perfect location. There's a lot of positives to it. But there are a lot of people working against this deal, too, and there are some issues. So we'll see how it goes tomorrow. At any rate, I'll have something tomorrow to set you up for it. Yep. And, you know, we've been talking about it all week. Craig will be not in Arizona because, of yes. course, he won't. But we're still going to have coverage and Craig still will be available um, on Wi-Fi. So we're going to have people at the city council. We'll have coverage. You could say Cheerston. Cheerston yes, Cheerston 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 if you listen to the story. We'll and she, camera on the ground. She's yeah. well-versed in, in this story and we'll continue our coverage of it. So be sure to follow along at PHNX underscore Coyotes on Twitter tomorrow as well as PHNX Sports on across all socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, we'll have full coverage of tomorrow there. And if you haven't submitted, you know, you they're, the city of Tempe is allowing people to write in their messages, so get those in today if you want to get your voice heard. It'll be on public record, so you know you can put your argument together for why you think the proposal should be accepted. Yeah, do that instead of engaging with the trolls on Twitter. That's my mm. suggestion. So. There's a lot of Canadian trolls on Twitter lately. So, what time is all this happening? Leah? Two o'clock is the e session. That you know the meeting could end as early as three thirty, maybe as late as four. But there's also a public session that I've been told will start around six. So it's hard to say how the day will progress. Whether we'll even have an answer after that e session, or if it'll be the public session where we'll actually know. But it's going to be a long day uh, in yep. council chambers and, tomorrow. And and be sure to be subscribed to the PHX Sports YouTube channel because we'll be reacting to whatever goes down tomorrow. Um, as always, another pack therapy session. Add it to the list of all the pack therapy sessions we've been doing. But everyone, thank you so much for watching, JP. Thank you again for your time and for coming in. A lot of great insight today. I learned so much. Maybe you should go through our snacks here. And no, no, no. <laughs> Actually, I, I don't. just got the snacks. Oh, one more. That's the 20%. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, right? That's one more thing, though. One more thing, Leah, that you need to do after, Leah, after the show is over. One more thing you need to do. If you could go back to our New Year's Eve show, we all had resolutions. Oh, God. Leah had, and now you've no. been wondering how to do that. Don't He's the up. guy. Okay. <laughs> He's the guy. Like, ask him if, if anybody can help you do what That's you true. wanted to do for your New Year's. I, and I'm not kidding. Two minutes and he'll have it. He'll he'll have you sorted out and you'll be, you'll be, you'll be doing what you said you would do in days. So there okay. you go. I won't bring it up again if people want to go back and listen to the New Year's show. They can. Okay. Well, everybody. And by the way, what? When are we going? Like, we're gonna be on the sh a show tomorrow. Yeah, we don't know when. Yes. Who knows? <laughs> so we'll, just, we'll be ready to, to react. Do? News doesn't so conform to like, schedules, buddy. We'll do you see. just want me to sit in my room? Yeah, from yeah. three o'clock till midnight. We'll send yeah. you a pizza. To your home. <laughs> do, you have your, do you have your beeper with you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna sit here in my room and wait for you while I'm in New York City. Yeah. Oh my okay. gosh! More uh, more PD vlog content coming today, by the way. So keep your eye out yep. for that. Everyone, thanks so much for watching. Tomorrow is a big day. We can vent in the Discord, vent on Twitter. We're here for you. And like I said, stay tuned to the BHN Sports YouTube channel. We'll be back tomorrow for all of the chaos. As for today, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see everyone tomorrow.